0: That's always my sort of barometer when I'm writing it um, and then I go back to read it, if I still get affected by it. I used to film Tom's reactions and be like, yes, I've done good, but now he's so busy. I'm like, you know, trying to get him to read my books is just impossible. (laughs) We all know that those moments that people talk about when they say that parenthood is amazing, it lasts like one, two seconds. Like it's so (laughs) fleeting. And we all pounce on it because we're like, yes, this is why I've done it. This is why I had kids. <laughs> I love you. You love me. This is amazing. <laughs> I listened to the Lisa Jewell episode, by oh, the way, did you, yeah. and I loved that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I used to know my first third and my concept, if you like, uh, and where I wanted it to end. And then I started writing with Tom, so sort of the Even Man trilogy. And he writes his books properly planned out, like he will plan what's happening in each chapter.
1: Is it bad to Um, say that doesn't surprise me? I know, (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Welcome to Best Sellers uh, with me, Natalie Jamieson.
2: And me, Phil Williams. And we're very excited about this one because we're both genuine fans, aren't we?
1: We are. It is the wonderful Giovanna Fletcher or G. Fletcher or... Yeah, that's probably it. I was going to say, I don't know what well, her other nickname. is. Where else were you then? going then? <laughs> I, know, I expect no. you to go,
2: or oh, G Fletch, as me and the kids call her.
1: <laughs> no, um, all round, uh, really genuinely gorgeous human being. Um, I think she's brilliant. Uh, so talented. If you are of a certain age or you have got kids, then you'll probably know her from I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which she won uh, this time last year. Um, or... If you haven't seen that on the telly, then hopefully you've read one of her 11 books to date. This is her 12th that we're going to be chatting to her about.
2: Our very special guest on bestsellers for you today is a best-selling author, a queen of the jungle, an all-round superstar, and now on book 12, everyone, book 12, where did those 11 books go? Walking on Sunshine was announced this time last year. Now it's out and we welcome Giovanna Fletcher. And I said it right because you once taught me to say your name right, remember?
0: Well, I remember being on with you and you just said it properly on your own. Did I? yeah and I remember being like wow Phil you have actually said my name right because oh. no one else does and now you still are well done <laughs> <laughs> do
2: you know why because all morning before we speak to you, I was going Giovanna Giovanna not Giovanna Giovanna Giovanna
1: <laughs> just put the van in it it's all good I think <laughs> I just get away with it by just going it's G right I can
0: just say G. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why I got Mama G the nickname in the castle because it was just much more like much simply uh, simpler for everyone
1: huh. So um, do you want to do a bit of, oh, I should say, actually, just before you might have heard this, because we'll probably leave it in the edit, because we're like that, um, you were saying that you don't see yourself as like a proper author, whatever that is, but if this is a validation at all, so because I always leave everything to the last minute, I only finished walking on sunshine this morning in bed before I got up and even had my first cup of coffee and it made me cry. (laughs) Can you, I I don't want to spoil the ending, but that bit at the end that I didn't, yeah, made me cry
0: oh that's good (laughs) that's always my sort of barometer when I'm writing it um and then I go back to read it if I still get affected by it yeah I used to film Tom's reactions and be like yes I've done good but now he's so busy I'm like uh, you know trying to get him to read my books is just impossible um (laughs) so uh yeah I feel like if I if I know what's coming and it still moves me then that is, that's job done. But it's hard, isn't it? You know, I, 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 you know, you look at your past guests and you're like, wow, they're like proper solid authors. <laughs> and then there's me. <laughs> Do you know funny. what, G,
2: I'll let you into a secret. Every author I've ever interviewed, right, has that same feeling.
0: Really? I mean, yeah,
2: on the radio show last night, I did Joanne Harris and she was on with the, the winner of the Comedy Women in Print Prize published category. Right, so this person never had a book published and just landed a deal through the, the competition. And she said, "Oh, I've got a bit of imposter syndrome and blah." And Joanne said, "I still have that."
0: Joanne yeah. Harris, yeah. So well, I can you remember know. thinking, "Book one, you know, if I get to book three, then you know, then I'll that's a that's a good effort. So that then I'll call myself an author." But now I'm book twelve, and I'm still a bit like, oh. <laughs> it's funny,
1: isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but there is a, an interesting point in terms of there's something about the the job, if you like, of being an author. It feels so weighty, doesn't it? In a good way, I think. Um, you know, if, I think if you've grown up loving books or whenever you came to reading, if you, you kind of hold them so dearly because they can be such a personal experience. I mean, I just said, I cried at the end of mm. your book. So I think it is something you, 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 that really matters. So to call yourself an author. Yeah, I mean, I, I've written a book. It's not published yet, but I, wouldn't, I don't call myself an author. It's I'd a funny feel like, one, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Mm. I do though. Do you? I, I call Natalie an author. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah She hates it.
0: But I do. <laughs> and
2: I keep saying, when your book comes out next year, and she's going, it's not signed yet. It's not signed yet. It doesn't matter. It's coming out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that you still, but you've got this great platform to talk about it exactly (laughs) yeah it's the only reason we set the pod up (laughs) I love that if that was the reason I would absolutely
1: love
2: that it's 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 (laughs) because we love speaking to authors like you yeah get used to being one girlfriend that's my message
1: (laughs) so let's let's take it right back to the beginning then so when you wrote your first book and we will Mm -hmm. obviously get into the story of this and get you to read some of your latest novel too but what was what was the impetus that made you get over yourself if you like and say okay yeah I'm just going to do it
0: well I was all I was an avid reader I loved books growing up I you know I used to travel into London from the age of 13 to go to school I would always have my nose in a book I was that annoying person that would be on the escalators with the book still in hand I if I if I had to get off because I was at my destination I would just and I hadn't finished a chapter I would just stand there Uh, you know, on the platform until I was ready to go. You know, I just, stories for me were such a great escape. And um, and I think the idea of writing them didn't really enter my head for quite some time, Um, mostly because I thought that authors were people that went to Cambridge or Oxford and studied English. Um, So I just thought it was something that was so far removed from me and inaccessible. So, you know... I went to drama school and pretended to be a penguin. That's where I was. And I didn't see that marrying up with writing books. Um, How'd you be a penguin, by the way? uh, You just eat a lot of cold frankfurters. to be (laughs) quite frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. make some weird noises um and waddle um so yeah it just wasn't something that I thought I could actually do and then I started working at Heat magazine and they allowed me to do some book reviews for them which I loved then I started doing book reviews on a blog um and then Dorothy Coombson the amazing author who's been on bestsellers yeah uh, well she invited but one day I was going into heat um to do I think it was a day where I was editorial assistant for the day um it sounds like I won a competition um, <laughs> I was covering um, and uh and on my way in it's something really random like heat tweeted that I was going in and Dorothy was like oh my gosh she looks exactly like the character in my latest book I was like, "Oh wow, how funny!" So we started talking, um, and then me and the amazing Karen Edwards, who used to work at Heat, which you, who you probably know, um, we um, we went down quite often actually to meet Dorothy for food and stuff. And then on one of these trips, uh, she just happened to say that when she tells people that that she's an author, they say, "Oh my gosh, I would love to write a book." And she said, "It's this, it's a, the people say the same thing every time." Uh, and so her advice was always, well, just write it then. Because mm-hmm. unless you do, you don't even know if you'd, li- you'd like the idea. of actually, you, I think the idea is quite romantic in terms of, you know, these tortured authors sat at their desks and going for walks and finding themselves and then pulling it down to the work. And, um, but actually sitting down and writing is actually quite different to that. Uh, so, you know, apply yourself and do it. And only then will you find out if you like it. So I just, I just went home that day and thought, you know what, I'm going to just try um but that was the big push I think that I really needed and then um I had met an agent actually a few months before that and she said to me would you ever do it and I was like oh no it's like I like the idea of it but you know I went to drama school (laughs) I'm a penguin I'm a penguin (laughs) but what I I I got over myself and I realized that it isn't I know writing is academic but uh, it's in it's your imagination it's creative it's about finding a character because most all of my books are actually first person it's about finding a character working out who they are and what their likes and dislikes are and it's about going on going with them through this this story through this journey whatever it is um, and I can do that I did that at drama school so it's about mm. using and rather than feeling like the skills that I picked up at drama school were useless to me uh, and like I should have had a different skill set I used the tools in my kit uh, to yeah uh, uh, yeah I use what I had um, to create something rather than feeling like oh I need all these other tools that I don't have actually this one works just as well
2: on that right an agent said to me once the difference between a writer and a non-writer is that the writer has finished their book
0: yeah
2: so I did 30,000 words on my novel, and then we had kids and that was it I've never gone back to it but you've done that you've had kids as well so how did you manage to crowbar the time where were you stealing time from to to write your books back in the day
0: well it's interesting so the first one I wrote I didn't have kids and actually so before I even started working at Heat Magazine I had written this silly book that was just for us uh based on the dummies books called Dating what Fly is for Dummies um, and, uh, and it was just a really tongue in cheek, silly little book pointing at all my flaws and all the rules that you should comply to when you're dating a pop star. And, um, uh, so, and that for me is something that just sits somewhere has, you know, it just is fun, but that can I
1: say, I really want to read that book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got to dig it out. It's here somewhere. Um, yeah, but it was fun to write. And, and so where I, I think I was on my second book by the time we had buzz so already I was in a book deal. So there's nothing like having your agent phoning you saying, ah, you know, you've got to deliver um, or your or your uh, editor. So um, yeah, I guess I didn't have a choice by that point. Um, I'll be honest, the last few years, I have definitely pushed uh, like deadlines back. Like this book, I started writing four years ago, Walking on Sunshine. So um, but in that time I have written Letters on Motherhood and the evolution. So I have been writing, I have been creating. Um, but also, I think sometimes it's about the right time. Like you might go back to that book and love it and feel like, oh, my gosh, I can take it somewhere new now. Um, but definitely that, that four years, actually, I feel like it uh, actually served the book really well because there are different things that, have, that I've picked up over the years in terms of mental health, maternal mental health. Definitely. They have definitely been, been um, fed into this book and they wouldn't have been there, I don't think, had I written it four years ago.
1: So when you come to a book and there are some really interesting themes in this one, especially as you say about maternal mental health and just about guilt as well, about uh, parenthood versus careers, there's Mm. loads of stuff to get in that. But when you sit down to write something, which is there something that comes first? Do you already have the kind of plot in your head? Because I know this is based on a lot of your personal experience, or do you have kind of a, a mission statement or a theme that you really want to investigate
0: so I came up with this idea off the back of a trek, so I do these treks every year with copperfield, uh, and they are absolutely amazing. Um, we take a hundred people some, some of who some have had breast cancer or going through treatment, um, others just want a challenge, and they are the most remarkable thing ever, seeing everyone outside of their comfort zone, everyone pulling together and there's something about stopping and taking a breath that is just the most beautiful but shattering thing because you can no longer hide from the things that you're feeling you have to face them um and yeah I, so i knew that i wanted that to be the thing um within the book i wanted my characters to go on a trek um but actually i didn't want to focus on one person's reason for going or discoveries i wanted it to be a group so i think i feel i feel like it just kind of builds and builds and builds and that feeling of um you know, there's a point where all three central characters kind of go, look at their lives, and they go, is this it? You know, mm. um, whether that's for Zaza, it's quite a light thing, I would say, uh, initially, that, you know, the idea of she's just got engaged and it's absolutely amazing, but actually, what about the first You know, there's no more first kisses, first dates, first, all that fun stuff. And then Vicky, it's, she's just buried in the motherload and, you know, wondering, is this it? You know, I think most parents, will we'll relate to that feeling of coming like that part in the day where you're just like oh my how 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 have we come to this and is this it forever um but we all know it will pass it will pass um and then you've got feel like that at
2: the time then is it
0: <laughs> no no it doesn't <laughs> it Exactly. Really doesn't. we're exactly. in that stage at
2: the moment you know the two and a half year old is just waking up so i mean i got in from work last night at 10 30 and my wife had just come downstairs from settling him, and we're just getting into a bit of a chat and at 11 he's gone again
0: yeah that's it. and
2: that's our night done
0: yeah so that's the beauty though because obviously I've talked about motherhood in nonfiction, um but to talk about it through fiction you I do feel like you can really get in there and and delve into a topic that's not going to be sensationalized through a tabloid or anything like that Mm. it's it's you're just getting in there and I know that it will connect with people because whenever we talk about maternal mental health it's a topic that you know we all face things we absolutely do and we have to talk you know there's a reason why the leading cause of death in new mums is suicide you know and we have to talk um so yeah so i i really
1: just on that i think it's really important as well that you do it in fiction too as well as non-fiction because it just all the images of motherhood and parenthood they have an effect so when you know you you're having your downtime you're watching stuff and i'm sure you do the same the amount of TV dramas and films you see where yes of course like the parents might be having a kind of like frantic day but then there's always that you know special moment where they sit down and read a story at bedtime and it's wonderful and the kids are actually calm in bed and then they just do that thing where they like go Oh, night nice, sweetheart, give them a kiss and walk out of the room. And that's it. <laughs> Why is no one sitting on the stairs for an hour? <laughs> exactly. Why is nobody in the room? Or like, you know, 10 minutes later, the kids downstairs saying, Well, oh, I couldn't get to sleep, or I feel a bit sick, or can I have a cracker? Or or also the honesty of reading that story, knowing that it's supposed to be special. And you're loving the story, mm. but actually I had a lot of the time in my head, and I love my kids, but going, I just don't want to read a story. I'm tired. I want yeah. a glass of wine and I want to just sit and be by myself or sit with my husband and watch something grown up and all of those kind of different things going on in your head and if you only see in fiction the perfect idealized, idealized image it's rubbish yeah,
0: yeah yeah I completely agree and it felt really freeing writing mm. in fiction you know because you can just write anything in fiction <laughs> yeah. it's the beauty of it it's you know it's it, you're creating a world so um yeah it was important to me that she um that she felt that realness like that she felt real that it felt raw that it felt messy um that there wasn't that because we all know that those moments that people talk about when they say that parenthood is amazing it lasts like one two seconds like it's so <laughs> fleeting and we all pounce on it because we're like yes this is why i've done it this is why i had kids <laughs> i love you you love me this is amazing uh, you know all those com- i had a conversation with my seven-year-old last night in bed um, you know and, and again in the films you see people sat down and they're having a lovely like oh how's your day oh great tell me the best thing blah 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 yeah. and I um, I said to Buzz um, you know why why weren't you listening to me tonight because he was really playing up well, not. Uh, some people would say not playing up it's just being you know blah blah uh, <laughs> but he was playing up um, so I was like you know why weren't you listening to me tonight and he said uh, because, the thing, uh, because the things you say are so boring and you're always ruining our fun <laughs> I was like oh go to bed (laughs) um but then so those two characters are, are left kind of going you know is this it is this what my life has become um and then you've got mike who his partner pia um has just passed away who they were all solid mates with um and you know he's had the love of his life and now he is consumed with this emptiness and this grief um so again he's kind of feeling like is this it um yeah so for me the the using the trek to kind of, um, to take them out of their situations so they have that space to reflect Mm. was really important. The
2: other thing we should mention is that um, Pia has left them all, especially Mike, a set of instructions for how they should respond after her death. The rules of death, yes. Where did that come from?
0: Well, it's Have you experienced
2: that? Do you know anyone who's done that?
0: Yeah, I I do. Um, And also there's the, um, I guess, also not being I guess being involved in the cancer community in the way that I am there's definitely I I've heard loads of different conversations and um you know the idea of sometimes people don't talk about death at all like it's somewhere that people don't want to go because they don't want that almost to make it a, a, a real thing like a possibility um so I so I I had to think about Whether it is something they've kind of blocked out, Pia doesn't even want to go there, or whether it's something that she does address, Um, and I wanted, um, I definitely wanted her to address it and for her to be to have a part to play in them actually going, but for them to build on that, you know, in terms of um, uh, her rashes and things like that. So, um, yeah. And also, I think once a seed like that is planted, you're like, oh, and then this, and then, Mm -hmm. yeah. Just like some lovely little things that happen later on. That is so funny when you read and edit back, because obviously... You, you, you're almost rediscovering it again and I find myself going, oh yeah <laughs> quite enjoying it
2: <laughs> you write as you go or do you plot out? Are you a plotter? How does it work?
0: Well, uh, I, I listened to the Lisa Jewell episode by oh, did the way you? Yeah, yeah. and I loved that <laughs> Um, so uh, so I used to know my first third and my concept if you like uh, and where I wanted it to end uh, so I used to take it to the first third and then I let my characters fly and just see what we discovered Um, and then then I started writing with Tom, so the Even Man trilogy, and he writes his books properly planned out. Like he will plan what's happening in each chapter. Is it bad to um, say that doesn't surprise me? I know. <laughs> I know, I know. So, and also writing a book together, you do have to you have to plan a little bit more, uh, because otherwise, you know, it's okay to surprise yourself, but you've both got to be on the same path. So, we did start planning a lot then. Um, this book i really planned like back in 2017 i was on right move like i knew every single little thing about the character where they were so it wasn't a case of getting to a certain point and going, oh gosh where does she live and then figuring out it was all planned before i even started writing so they their world was created um and even in terms of chapters i knew who was gonna where they were gonna be who was gonna discover what who was gonna say what um and i was a bit I'll be honest, I was a bit dubious about this method uh, because I can remember growing up playing with my Barbies all the time. And when I was getting all of the shizzle out, I would act it out. And, um, you know, I'd act it out in depth while I was setting out little tables and things. And then when it was all ready, I'd be a bit like, I've done it now. I've just done, I've acted out that scene. I don't want to do that one now. Mm. And I felt like going into writing, it would be the same. Like I discovered it when I planned it well, you know, years ago or months ago and now it's you know those ideas because it, for me it's like a little fire that goes off and you know it takes you in different directions that's the, fun. that's the fun bit but actually I have found that planning is also fun because of the layers that you know you can only plan so much and actually when you start writing dialogue and things like more things pop up and um, you know so there is a lot of uh, beauty to be found in that as well um, however, I do look at people with post-it notes, and I get serious envy in some ways. Um, but I, but it also makes me. Yeah, I don't like the feeling of what I do being formulaic, and mm-hmm. I think that sometimes when it comes to post-it notes, when it comes to people saying, oh no, by this amount of words. And it's, an, it's not even a rounded number, I think. <laughs> I think it's literally like a, a random series of numbers. By this number, that's the end of your beginning. And then I'm just a bit like, let's just see where the characters go. Let's just take them on a journey. And it's got, for me, it's got to feel right. My editor might be like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me but, show you my
1: post-its. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> this is what you should have done um, but you know and I think that I think sometimes when it comes to um right, so we forget that it's 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 creative it's fun it's play uh so and yeah, also so-
2: the other thing I wonder about that I've heard some of those rules about word counts and where you should yeah. be in kind of f- five acts and all this
1: yeah. and I
2: wonder if if you go back to some of the most heralded books throughout our time You know, do they fit all of those rules? I suspect probably not, because I suspect people weren't writing to... If you're writing to a rule, it seems to sap the creativity out of it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that we know with songs, it's got to go, you know, verse, song, Mm. verse, song, or the bridge goes somewhere. There we go. Um, But even then, like, the rules for songs now are even more detailed than that. And you're just like, Jesus, like... And me and Tom talk about it a lot. It kind of zaps out the fun of it. Uh, so we ignored the rules, apart from him, first chorus, middle eight, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. I love
2: then that when Natalie said middle eight, she stood up off her stool as
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, middle eight. <laughs> <laughs> middle eight break. <laughs> but yeah, so I, well, yeah. I, 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 do you know what though? I also think that maybe that plays a part in me kind of feeling like I am I am an author but that there are other better authors but that are more serious because they do it by they stick to the rules
1: but I, I, I think it's a personality thing and I think it's just like a it's a process everyone has their own process right but I'll so I'm writing my second book at the moment which has been long gestating but that just made me laugh because it, I've got a musician in it and I've never written a song um I obviously know lots of songs and uh, I specifically is she's quite a, a feisty person um She's heading up to 50 and uh, I've written a line which is I'll probably have to edit out because it's probably shit, where somebody says about the middle eight break, and she's like, huh, in my last song, I did a middle 16 break. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't even know is the thing or if it's gonna be bollocks. <laughs> I think in that same way. That I you it like- just
2: it's no longer a break if it's 16. That's that's my
1: limited. <laughs> it's another verse or it's
0: yeah. a chorus or <laughs> yeah. whatever yeah but I think, I think of like just wanting to not conform right and yeah. yeah yeah and i think you know being a writer it's a creative thing so you don't want to be told yeah that here are the here's the rule book <laughs> yeah. in fact i can remember a mate of mine sending me stephen king's writing book yeah oh yeah that. on writing on writing yeah i, I didn't open it because i just thought you know what actually would you know what that would do confuse me what I've got going at the moment, is kind of working. <laughs> you know. I'm <laughs> writing the books, I'm enjoying the books I write, people seem to be enjoying them. Uh, so yeah, maybe at some point, I, I, I worry that if I was to go to like a lesson in writing or read books like that, it would confuse me even more.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. But I think it's a good point too, in terms of just people who think they can write or are allowed to write or not. Um, you know, I, I went to university I had there were some English elements in my degree, but the worst A level I got was English actually, mm. and I'm still really rubbish on you know tenses or when the kids come home and they're talking about like past imperfect or you've you, you've done the wrong tense here. I'm like, have I? Like I, I don't know what yeah. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be using. and part of me thinks if I knew everything actually I'd find that really stifling. Just tell the kids and- that if
2: you've lived a proper life, your past should always be imperfect. <laughs>
0: There you, go. <laughs> there you go I like that I like that a lot <laughs> but yeah I think um I think it's all about telling the story and I think you've got to use your instincts for that I, I, for me I think instincts are are better than a rule book
2: and also I think something you said earlier where you said that um there'll be other writers that are better than you and more serious I think the whole point of this podcast actually that isn't it, was to get away from that feeling of, of important books and non-important books. Yeah, yeah. A book either brings you pleasure or it doesn't.
0: Yeah, but there's so much snobbery in every single field, isn't there? Where there I know, but you, it's got to be got papers. rid of. We um, need to get rid of
2: it. Yeah. It's just, it's harmful. It actually stops yeah. people picking up books. I mean, one of the, uh, well, get, I know you need to read for us in a second, but one of the things is on my list of things to ask you is this is, you know, I've repeatedly, when I Google you, you come up and, and with the sentence, one of the most successful women's fiction writers. And I'm mm. like, but I'm a man. So does that mean I shouldn't be reading this?
0: It's funny. Because actually,
2: isn't it? it's, I quite enjoyed it. And so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, why should I be automatically, from a marketing point of view, excluded from this book when actually there's a lot of enjoyment in it for me? And really, what am I reading for if it's not enjoyment? That's the, the only purpose.
0: 20 years ago, we would have been called Chicklet. And then yeah. those people had a problem with that. It's funny, isn't it? I, um, I growing up, read Chicklet and loved it. So, therefore, to become an author that was in that category, I felt really proud to be a part of that. Um, it was only when we did an event, I did an event with another author and she took serious offence to the term. I was a bit like, oh, she was like, you know, would you go around calling everyone here chick? And I was like, yeah, I actually would. <laughs> 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 I didn't say that as a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it, how we're all categorised and, um, you know, but I, I'd like to think, like, yeah, I'd like to think men can read my books. It's weird, isn't it? Even when I say what book I what books I write, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm a women's commercial. Like, what what is that?
2: Yeah, I know, I know, and I, I suppose I feel strongly about it from a male perspective because I don't want other blokes to be missing out on great books that I've got into. Yeah. And I think it's the same with rom coms, isn't it? When I grew up in an area mm-hmm. where you know you'd go and see Commando. But you wouldn't, would you go and see Top Gun? You know, I didn't go and see Top Gun, only later in life. And it's like... Is
1: Top Gun a rom-com?
2: Well, kind of borderline, isn't it? Really? There's a <laughs> bit of both, a bit of rom-com, a bit of action in there, do you know what I mean? It's not com, but a bit of rom, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah, kind yeah. of...
1: Um, there's the a bit of windswept straddling a motorbike.
2: <laughs> is, is why we seem to think that if... Basically, what they're saying is, what the marketeers are saying is, there's some emotional depth to there, it, so therefore men won't be interested. That's the bit that mm. sticks with me.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I would if I had to say what my books were, I would say they're about people and relationships, and there's always an emotional element to it. Yeah. I guess. Which yeah, I think you could you could, you could apply the <laughs> same
1: to well, you could apply that same to Dickens and Austin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah.
2: Don't lose sight of that, G. She's just compared you to Charles yeah. Dickens.
0: That's the <laughs> takeaway that, from me? this yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think we can paraphrase that to just like Dickens and use it on Amazon. Exactly.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. Five stars.
0: (laughs) We hear a Um, bit then. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So this is Mike. Mike um and
2: uh oh yeah because we should explain all yes. as you've already said you write everything in first person but there are yes. three first person voices in this so you do you do tell us at the start of each chapter whose chapter it is
0: yes but they're absolutely. all first
2: person
0: it's all first person um so in this chapter zaza and vicky have been over and they have been um clearing out pia's things which was a pre-arranged uh, date as well um uh, and they have just left That was never going to go down as one of life's more enjoyable days, but I have to admit I'm relieved as I shut the door on Vicky and Zaza at the end of the night and begrudgingly grateful to Pia for making sure we came together to do it. Her funeral was a day of reminiscing with others, but today it felt like those memories were tangible and led by Pia because those clothes were ones she decided to see hanging in her wardrobe. They meant something to her. Turns out nothing is quick and easy when you're saying goodbye to the love of your life. I guess the pain and heartache are the only exceptions to that. They both come flooding in and floor you before you have a chance to fathom what your life has become. Everything else is slow and agonizing, creeping and lingering in the darkness. I didn't realize how many clothes Pia had. Although in her defense, her bulging wardrobe wasn't because she was a big spender, rather she liked to keep hold of everything. Even clothes that were covered in moth holes or stains had still been afforded space. I felt bad placing them on the dump pile when she clearly wanted to give them a little bit of extra lifespan. If Vicky hadn't taken those boxes with her and offered to do the trip to the dump, I don't think I'd have ever left the house. Another thing I failed to predict was how hard it was going to be seeing other people handling her things and moving them around. Even if those people were our mates who loved her like I did. My heart ached at the sight. Every hand that touched her belongings seemed to be robbing me of parts of her, stealing her away, overwriting her being, erasing her, making this shit situation real while letting me know she's not about to wander back into the flat anytime soon for a change of clothes. It was like I was taking her home away, drawing the curtains and turning out the light.
2: Lovely, beautifully, beautifully done. And there's a quote, actually, if you just let me reach my book from around that part that I wanted to put to you, just to go, I found it quite interesting that you'd, I often think that nothing ends up in a book by accident. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, And um, you don't really need much context to this, but um, the quote I've picked out to chat to you about, um, let me just say who's saying this. This is Vicky. We're not meant to feel this way about our bodies anymore. We're meant to embrace all our imperfections and wear them with pride. That's what us women are meant to do now. It's hard to admit, but some days I don't feel like doing all the things I'm meant to. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to you about that because yeah. um, I'm not sure there's the same pressure on men and men's bodies. And it's but almost it's feels like we've it? gone from being, you you are meant to be this perfect shape and now it's like, oh no, embrace your shape yeah. and you're the shape you want to be. But even that feels like it's coming with pressure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like you can't talk about dieting now or exercise is seen in a very different way, which is amazing. And I'm all for it. But there are days where I think as a woman, you can look in the mirror and just, go Ugh. you know it's okay to accept that 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 is a thing like I don't think and I and I think unless you accept that that is also a thing um those other days can't exist they can't happen um because I think it but I think women's bodies especially change so much mm. you know I know I know that men's bodies do but you know they go through such monumental changes and um you know And I've likened it a lot recently to our minds like our minds change so much from the age of 18 to you know our 30s 40s and that's never seen as a bad thing all of our life experiences we learn from we grow from if we were the same person mentally as we were at 18 we'd be silly you know it'd be ridiculous you'd be a fool but when it comes to bodies if our bodies do uh, like change in any way from the way that they were at 18 we've failed why? Yeah. Because it's exactly the same thing. Our bodies change because they, they take us through life. You know, they help us through loss, grief. They grow humans, you know. Um, they, they, they take us on adventures. And those adventures, simple things like you might get a scraped leg when you're walking up a mountain. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, that that's fine. That's part of your story. Um, and I think we should see our changing bodies, all the lumps and bumps or whatever. And then when we get older and actually then we drop completely, all that weight falls off. And people, you know, as women get older, I think it's the opposite and it's the kind of, you know i think of my nan and stuff and like lots of saggy skin and bones and things like that so i think your body just generally changes so much and it's just a part of life um and i and i do think that we have to accept it um but the, yeah there is this and talk more honestly about is, it as well yes yeah mm. absolutely um but it's yeah it's it's that it's that it's that thing that we've all got stuck into where we're constantly saying it's fine and actually it's fine not to feel like it's fine <laughs> uh, and to voice that as well yes. and, and because otherwise i think um people are constantly going oh i should feel like that why don't why don't i feel like that and it, it's fine like you know some di- sometimes you wake up and i don't know you don't fancy a certain breakfast that you've had every day
1: you know i, I don't know and then yeah. so uh, well it's, you, it's weird like i can remember even though so i've had two kids and even though the second pregnancy i didn't feel as well as i did with the first that genuinely the happiest I felt in my body is when I was pregnant both times because mm. stupidly my brain would think if anyone th- looked at me and thought oh she looks fat she must be pregnant I actually was
0: yeah <laughs> there is a <laughs> thing in that isn't there there is such a thing in that it's like I, w- I, I definitely said um, when I was pregnant with Buzz I felt more womanly and <laughs> Proud in my body than yeah. ever before because I wasn't trying to hide yeah. lumps and bumps. No, because exactly. it was fine My body's
1: doing a thing. Yeah. 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 It was great. But just to pick up on that bit, so a bit I wanted to read, which is from quite late on in the book. So I'm not going to say which character it was. Okay. But um, you write, uh, growing up, I was terrified of change, of changing. It always seemed like the biggest insult to be told. You've changed. Um, and then later on it says. Uh, I would now argue that to be told you've changed should be seen as one of life's better compliments. Right. My reply to it would be a great big thank you. Yes, I've changed. Thank you for noticing.
0: <laughs> right, isn't it's it? true, isn't it? It's mm. so true. Do you remember growing up and having that? So uh, He's changed. Yeah. Or he's gone above his station. You know.
2: <laughs> Usually, in my, in my experience, G, it comes with um, developmental or stage changes in life where you're not there yet. Yeah, you know I mean, so someone in your circle of friends will be the first to get married or the first to move in with a partner or they'll have taken a job overseas or something Something that, that isn't even on your radar because you're like, hang on, we're all just a group of mates and we all live in the same place and we go to the same pub every night. And we're having a great time. Why would we change that?
1: Yeah, And that's,
2: yeah. I think that kind of, he's changed that in my life. That's where that comes from. It's, it's actually someone's just slightly developmentally ahead of you. Mm.
0: It's interesting, isn't
2: it? Really yeah. interesting. And I think it's, you've captured it really well in this book. That's why... I was, yeah, getting on the high horse about how it's categorised because to me, the, the book reads almost like, it would, I would, it would be better for me to say it's like Cold Feet. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of got yeah. that vibe to it. Yeah, and then yeah, you go, yeah. oh, right, okay. Because it's yeah. interesting, isn't it, with that programme, no one goes, oh, that's for women. No one says no. that about Cold Feet.
0: And also, I guess the thing that this book has, it it has a male character in it yeah. and you're mm. hearing from him yeah uh, in the same way that cold feet feels like you're seeing it from Mm. different people's men and women it was very um, balanced in that way
2: did you get Um, tom to read over mike the only reason i ask that is because he's your closest man in your life and because it must be quite difficult i've never attempted to write first person female have you natalie have you tried first person male
1: um no uh i have in dialogue but not as like a main character
0: yeah yeah what what's interesting as well is trying to separate those three voices as well so it doesn't just sound like me <laughs> you know and, and but and also while kind of going well mike feels these things there are certain things that he absolutely has in his head like it's the bit that i read earlier that that chapter ends with him just saying a whole list of sorries you know and things yeah. that he wouldn't vocalize but they are there and i and i think um that's also um a great thing to play around with with characters of if you're writing first person and from different people's points of view is that there are some things that people feel that they literally don't vocalize they don't express it in that way um so yeah I like I have I have fun deciding what is actually going out there and what's being kept in um
1: and on the character choices as well because again I think you're quite clever in terms of you you describe enough but then the reader kind of interprets what those characters necessarily look like specifically but just from there's enough in it so I assumed that Zaza isn't white for example Mm -hmm. and was that something that you always wanted to do did it feel awkward to do but necessary um it's funny isn't it I uh
0: I definitely did want to do it and um I think I think it is something that I'm becoming much more aware of in mm. terms of are all my characters white?" or you know what and what backgrounds have they have had? because that feeds into the, the people that they are and um, everything like that. Um, but I, uh, I turn a lot to Pinterest to find my characters, um, and you know I'm, I'm going through and I'm like, that is the person. So rather, I know some authors find sort of actors, if you like, and kind of go, yes. This is mm-hmm. I don't know Daniel Radcliffe I don't know. Um, whereas uh, for me, it's someone that I absolutely don't know, but I find a picture, and that picture tells me so much about that person, and that they, that feeds into the character. Um, but yeah, and I also wanted it to feel rich in terms of like Pia's family, and stuff, and those cultures and things that come in it. Um, yeah, I did. I did want to add parts like that into it, um, just to just to play around with. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's hard, isn't it? Because I'm, I'm an author. Uh, I, don't, I don't actually live certain people's experiences, but that's also the joy because we're creative and we, we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're allowed to use our artistic license and whatever else. Um, but definitely, I think uh, making sure for me, making sure that all of my characters are not white uh, has become something that definitely plays on my mind.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure and um, and also you- just like you
0: said giving a slight nod to it it's not yeah. a thing
1: yes. you know what
0: I mean it's not it doesn't it doesn't define anyone it doesn't you know it just it's just a slight nod. in fact I think with Zaza I say that with her, about her braids in the first chapter but then I don't mm. actually think that we reference it too much about a pillow like there's just little bits that are enough for the reader to to to, to get it I think.
1: Yeah. And to hopefully draw every reader in so that every bit of life is reflected in what you're writing.
0: Mm, yeah. Which is yeah. also
1: really important. Um, so on the kind of writerly process, which I'm always fascinated about as well, um, those Pinterest pictures, do you kind of have them like saved on a desktop or do you kind of print anything out? How, I print them out
0: and I put them on a board. Um in the same way, because obviously they go to Peru in this, I have all of those pictures out so I can actually absolutely see it. And it's simple things like if you've set someone up in the first chapter of having brown eyes, you want them to have brown eyes the whole way through. So that is, you know, and even though you won't reference the fact that they've got brown eyes, you want to be able to see it when you're visualising it so you can write it. You want to be seeing what that character is seeing. Um, so yeah, I absolutely print it out, put it up um, and have that. As, um, as a reference. And also I think when you're writing someone, um, writing so- from someone's point of view, you almost want to see that picture so you can get, kind of get yourself there. Like, would that person say that? Am I just, li- th- th- it, th- that's not Mike, you know? Mm. I think it's for me, rather than having it on a desktop. It's like notes, you know, I love writing notes and that has to be done with a pen and a piece of paper. It can't be done on a screen. Um, I don't know why. I don't. I don't know yeah. whether it's the actual really? art of doing it. Yeah. I mean, because I do it all in my illegible. phone.
2: I've got. Lo- if oh, you well, yeah. showed you the notes section in my phone, it's just chucked full, and it's usually guest briefs or ideas I've had for features.
0: Or oh yeah, remember? see that's different. That's different. Um, all of that stuff, I would say, yeah, absolutely, I would do on my phone and feed it through and, and make it into a document. But when it comes to um, writing books, I am a pen and paper. Girl, until I'm actually writing the actual book, goes on the screen, yeah, all the stuff around it. And I think it's something about the art of writing, it's almost going through your body and your brain a little bit more than just typing out, um, uh, typing out on the keys. And are you you a stationary fiend as well? Oh, I, uh no I don't let myself get distracted in that way (laughs) whatever piece whatever pen works I'll use it (laughs) you're not like oh I'm
2: gonna do a new book so I must go to paper chase and get a brand new book and a brand new pen and
0: And also because I know really I'll write a certain amount down but then you know that's an empty most of the book's empty so
1: I also I read something recently about an author saying that they have a different scent for a book so as a as a as a guide to help them get back into the story. If they're doing other things, they'll maybe they'll buy a different candle or get a different perfume yeah. for each story and use that as a connecting way in.
0: That's a very have... actuary way of doing it. Is it? A- absolutely. Do you yeah, want to yeah, be a penguin? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a penguin, <laughs> you get the, the raw fish. <laughs> <So candle. right. laughs> yeah. And you are there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or just in my case, just a, a, you know, a little bit of Frankfurter. Then you're a penguin, <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. Like little things like that um, really. Music helps as well, I think. With mm. well, what's interesting about music is that it needs to um, almost fuel the scene or chapter enough, but not create it. If you get me, so you have to still do that with the writing, but help add the music like push you forward. Because you don't want to say, "Dear reader," while you're reading this chapter. Could you just read? Could you just play Savage Garden in the background? So that'll get you there. You know, <laughs> it's still going to it's still to be there without that. Um, you know, that extra bit behind it. I, yeah, um, I find
1: what if I get if I'm lucky enough to get into a zone of writing, it kind of you know, and it's all kind of coming out. And I found an album that I listen to. I'll listen to it just repeatedly. Yeah. In a kind of weird, not in a punishing way, but I just have to keep listening to that to stay in that. So I a mate is- of
2: mine, A.A. Dan. Have you read any of his books? No. Um, Amit Dan. They, they're they're detective thriller set in Bradford and he's um, created an Asian detective lead. And they're all kind of quite um, claustrophobic books. So in the first one, it's 24 hours to solve this problem and then they he okay, does it on those. Kind of- and so in order to, to get the tension right, he writes to the Dark night soundtrack and late at night. So he writes around midnight, puts the Dark night soundtrack headphones on full blast and then starts writing
1: oh my gosh like know, triggers, right yeah um, I just had one more question on walking on sunshine which I yes. don't expect you to be specific on but having read uh some of your other books as well I haven't read every single one yet um but I feel there are there are some passages in this book that that feel so honest I know this is an awful question that people often put to authors but would you say have you tried to put some real home truths about yourself in this book hopefully disguised enough that nobody will be able to go oh is that you but have <laughs> you re- did you feel like a kind of a bit of a an opening that you could just go to some other really quite deep and interestingly emotional places um that's an interesting one I
0: I've answered every question that let start <laughs> um I find when you're writing fiction using real life really difficult because mm. it's 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 almost stifling in some ways yeah um I think I use my acting side and kind of see how far I can push where that person is but at the same time when you're acting there's always a part of you that you lean on that is that is your truth I guess um so yeah and yeah and I yeah yeah I guess you use you use your experiences and you push it and um you use that to help the characters explain how they are feeling. Um, but yeah, there are definitely some passages that were difficult to write. Um, mm-hmm. Because you, you know, you connect, you relate. Um, and I, I guess that's that's the key. You're relating to it, you're connecting to it. It's not you going, oh my gosh, I have felt that darkness that Vicky feels, mm-hmm. but I know that it's there. You know, I know mm-hmm. I've seen the edges of it. Um, And when it comes to grief and things like that, I think there are lived experiences. Um, And because I'm not writing crime or horror, uh, I guess I can lean on my own experiences a little bit more. Um, But yeah, but not too far that it becomes a hindrance.
2: Did you ever have a moment where you were, as you were typing something, you finished the paragraph and you go, where did that come from?
0: Oh yeah, those sort of paragraphs as well. I'm usually like weeping my eyes out. Just kind of like getting it out, like um yeah, and and going back and and reading ones like that, you're just like wow, Like, and not wow at
1: my work. I know what
2: you mean. No, you mean wow, where did that come from?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
2: You didn't um, know it, you had. Does that it ever in you?
1: start? And again, mm-hmm. I don't mean this to be prying, but does it ever start conversations that you hadn't expected at home? So my husband's reading my book at the moment, which he hasn't read yet. <laughs> he keeps being like, obviously he can recognize more of me in it than other people would but he's like do you want to talk about
0: this? <laughs> 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 well isn't so maternal mental health is something i talk about anyway mm. um so um i don't think it started conversations at home quite so much um maybe in terms of death actually i think mm. death is a conversation that we don't talk about because we don't want it to be something that's you know right there what about um, it, it, the bit it, it, i thought yeah. uh gee was uh, yeah. quite
2: early on when nick swans off to la i didn't oh, know yeah. if there was any any <laughs> of those kind of you know with tom <laughs> being on tour all the time
0: no do you know what it's all right i think there is that funny thing when you're in the middle of you know chaos and uh you know your other half phones from somewhere sunny and isn't living in that chaos but then riles the kids up i think there are definite uh moments like and it doesn't have to be in the situation that we're in. I think most most families who have partner has to go away for work will know that experience. Um you know they don't mean any bad by it they just want to speak to their kids but then the aftermath of that is left with the person that is there. Yeah exactly um yeah funny things like that I wonder yeah I wonder if Tom will read the book and go, oh yeah I shouldn't do that really or maybe I should throw them earlier. (laughs)
2: what's been natalie what's been the conclusion of your when your husband said that to you have you had conversations or not have you just said no no it's just a book Uh,
1: no uh was i'm again i'm the world's worst liar so i'll just be like "Mm, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) or or think oh should i disguise that a bit more um is what, is what i'm thinking but then again it's just like disguising it from him so i think it's i think it's a good thing um i'm i'm the most nervous i've been having him reading it for sure oh really well yeah cuz he he doesn't really sort of read he's very much into sci-fi and um so the books he reads aren't like the commercial fiction that i've written uh, so i'm sort of nervous and on what he thinks about it and whether he thinks it's any good as well but as he repeatedly says you don't need me to validate your work I'm like no I don't because I'm an empowered woman and it's fine but yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: I've got one more um non-book related question but podcast related question if that's all right um I feel like because this has gone well I feel like we can share with you now that we were so excited that you said yes right we were genuinely excited that you said yes to our podcast and then I'm thinking we're excited to have you on but you had the Duchess of Cambridge on how, how did you manage that kind of, oh, Duchess of Cambridge! how did you manage those emotions
0: um well it was in the flesh um and uh and luckily we had ha- I'd met her the week before uh, and we had we were at a royal engagement in a nursery so we were walking around a bit before that um uh, together so that was nice so it kind of took the edge off but there was definitely a feeling when we then walked into you know the little area that we were recording of kind of like oh my god this is it i think when walking into that room though there was this air of expectation which i wasn't expecting that sudden like wave of nerves to kind of hit um and we both actually said at the top of it how nervous we were because at that point she wasn't doing things like that she definitely hadn't been on any, any podcast she mm. wasn't speaking to people in that Conversational way. Um, but what I, I found... hadn't thought about
2: that, that must have been mm. a, so. The balance is she's nervous because she's out of her comfort zone, but you're yeah. also out of your comfort zone because you're dealing with a senior royal.
0: Yeah, yeah, where well, you all know there are rules, but yeah. even if people haven't told you the rules, you're just assuming there are rules. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, will I get my head chopped off if I say so that I shouldn't? Yeah, it was a very, very strange experience. Um, and obviously, questions were sent over beforehand. Um, so she did know what was coming up. But the way that I work is the same way that you two appear to be working, is you do the work and then you forget it. So the questions that come out, you know, it's all built <laughs> on the conversation. Shit, she's rumbled us. She's rumbled us. <laughs> no, but I That's learned yeah. a long time ago, I remember doing um, a Facebook broadcast years and years and years ago. Um, it was a live thing. It was a real big production type thing. And I was talking to a certain person and it was literally, I got there an hour before they ran me through everything very very quickly and there was um as part of this 50 minute broadcast there was five minutes with this person and I had to ask him a series of questions uh, so I asked him the first question uh, started listening to his answer and turned back to this whiteboard uh, to answer the next it was a flip chart thing to get the next question and he stopped talking because I wasn't listening anymore I was like no I am I am listening but I also need to know where we're going with this uh, but it was a massive lesson in terms of just forget it no yeah. no roughly and then yeah. forget it um you know so it's all in the prep so uh yeah for it is me, in the prep, but it's
1: also in in a podcast as well right which is obviously what I've just done by talking about my husband reading my book is that you sort of forget which is stupid because we've all been on the radio we've all done broadcast we know <laughs> where these things can go but you you just sort of forget that other people are, are listening think, and you're like yeah. oh I'm enjoying this chat yeah, so let yeah. me it's just-
0: described as a very safe space which yeah. is actually quite scary. <laughs> yeah. I come yeah. off of other people's podcasts and I think, what have I what said? Did I say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Should
2: we yeah. get some recommendations from you?
0: Yes. Just need so, some other books
2: that you've loved in the last year or so. It doesn't matter; they can be new, old, fiction, non-fiction, coloring okay. books, anything.
1: And if you very... have one of Tom's books in there, then obviously you hate your husband. And... <laughs>
0: Uh, I will put the Christmas picture book in there. Uh, it's done very, very well. Uh, great, great Christmas present. Um, but also uh, Me Before You by JJ Moyes. It's always uh, yeah. up there. It's yeah. just, you know. Um, I read, in fact, Dorothy Coombson recommended it one day on the beach. Um, and she couldn't believe that I hadn't read it yet. So I, I went away. And I remember I was packing it for a flight to New York thinking I'll read it when I'm there. And as I was packing pre kid days, clearly, um, as I was packing, I picked it up and I started reading it and I read half of it before I'd even put it in the back, I put it in the suitcase. <laughs> and then the whole flight to New York, I was literally just a weeping mess. Like, it <laughs> affected me so much. Um, and I think it's such a thought provoking book and just yeah, just beautiful. And that, you know, that's when we talk about rom coms or this um, women's commercial fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it actually, the way it hits certain topics and ideas and things is just, yeah, it just blew my mind. So that for me, I know it's an oldie, but it is still very much age. up there as yeah. um, one of my faves. Um, and then the other uh, book that I read more recently is Unlost by Gail Miller, who um, she was told uh, she had all sorts of chronic pain and things. And she was told that she uh, would be in a wheelchair by the time she was 40. Um, but instead she was walking the Appalachian trail uh, across America. Um, and it's just brilliant, like brilliantly read, captures her journey. And again, it's that Trek thing of, uh, of going to this really quite exposing place. Um, you know, and, and it's a very long trail. She was away for months and the yeah. characters that she met and, um, the things that she found out about herself. And that's why I love treks because I think you find out things about your, yourself that you're not expecting, um, and you have to face things that you've kind of shut away a bit. Um, so yeah, that I, I actually what I did with that one is I flipped between the two of audiobook and actual physical book, um, so uh-huh. I can go off and do my walk. So I, then I find my page when I get back to the book. And another book that I've just read, actually, that I absolutely loved, uh, was Claudia Winkleman's Quite. Um, Oh, just and again, I did the same thing where audiobook and book, um, and I don't think I expected to laugh and cry as much as I did. I mm. think it was super. Like, she's clearly a very intelligent woman who just has a wicked sense of humor, um, and and I think, uh, yeah, it was it was really insightful actually to see uh, and to to read and to listen to her takes on various little things because it's not really. It's not an autobiography, but it is. It's her thoughts on a whole list of different topics, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, we were talking yeah. about that the other day on, on the radio, actually, and I was sort of saying how I quite like that this new thread that seems to be coming out of celebrity autobiographies or not is actually um, leaning more on the strengths of the individuals writing those. So you get those autobiographical yeah. details, but you're actually you're building on something that feels a lot more true and authentic for the people writing it whether it's like a self-help thing or it's as you say kind of thoughts on whatever that might pop out of claudia winkelman's head and um, yeah it just feels a better way to go
0: yeah I, I thought it was done really really well um yeah and i absolutely loved it i properly cried
1: <gasps> and that brings us back full circle <laughs> to me crying <laughs> at your book at the start oh geez, it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so Aww,
0: much i hope it made sense i don't know doesn't don't matter know. if you haven't right <laughs> yeah true in the end, yeah. phil just make me sound good Yeah, don't worry,
2: worry, I'll do that. I'll put some big EQ on you and beef you right up. (laughs) We'll have you you sounding like Pete Tong before the end of the episode. (laughs) G
1: continues.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now there's every chance that by the time you're listening to this pod, that I'm a celebrity has resumed, that has started again, the new series. And what I was thinking whilst we were talking to G there was it's no wonder she won because what you see is what you get and there's no fakery and there's no airs and graces, not in a bad way, but just in a, she just seems very, very genuine. She's not really selling anything, is she? That's the thing I took from that. She's not yeah. selling anything. She's just talking to you.
1: And it is that thing where you, you forget that it's being recorded and we're, we're putting this out to the world because she is so enjoyable to spend time with and I'm not lying I would love her to put a shepherd's hut in her fancy garden for me to come hang out in um we were saying just beforehand that she's they've recently moved and she's got this lovely barn where she's writing Uh, and it just looks glorious and yeah I want I want to go hang out there obviously that's a little bit stalkery and is never gonna happen um but she. You know, all driver. I could think
2: of when you were <laughs> when you were loving the barn, and obviously we were on Zoom, so we could see it. All I could think of was my mom's favorite line: for "If we didn't close the door when we came back into the lounge, oi, close that lounge door." Were you born in a barn? It's <laughs> all I could think of. It's the yeah, closest and I'll get to barns.
1: Something we lust over, right? They're amazing oh, so, spaces to go so away. What you and lust grating. over. I, <laughs> you don't want a
2: barn? No, too cold. Really? Mm.
1: They look like they had a nice wood burning stove in theirs, though
2: well yeah maybe that might solve the yeah
1: yeah is it sustainable is it sustainable (laughs) there are ways to be sustainable with wood burning stoves now i do believe or depends what you're putting in it maybe it's just for show and they've actually got like you know fancy underfloor heating from a water combi boiler that's good for the <laughs> environment <laughs> who knows Got
2: one more special guest for you before we go uh, and you didn't know about this but joining us live now to explain what he's heard is mr jameson no wouldn't that be great though wouldn't that be great
1: <laughs> can you imagine that no, he'd never do it
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah i know that's why you never look that panicked did you? you're like that nah, there's no way he's on the other zoom line
1: <laughs> Nah, it's not gonna happen it's fine i'm aware of this um yeah. Can you imagine? I'll keep you updated though. Will I? Will I? Oh no. You will. Inevitably.
2: Inevitably you will. <laughs>
0: I know. I won't be able to stop myself. <laughs> so stupid. Just shut up
2: sometimes. at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us or you can find us on Twitter at bestsellerspod. Uh, Nat and me both have accounts there as well. And get in touch. Say hi. We love hearing from you and we love to know what you've been reading too.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Lots more reading to be done, more interviews to do, and we will speak to you soon.
2: Relate on line one for you.
1: (laughs) This is therapy, you realize that, right?